1: thanks for tuning into americana music profiles the next episode starts right now
2: you are tuned in to another edition of americana music profiles brought to you by americana rhythm music magazine and americana i'm your host greg tutwiler let's jump right in to the next exciting interview Tim Rabin began his musical career while playing with his dad and brothers in the family band the American Bluegrass Express when Tim was only 11 years old. He went on from there to become the lead singer for the house band in one of the hottest nightclubs in the country called The Barn. In 1997, a reunion with his brother Marty netted them a CMA nomination for Duo of the Year. In 2019, Tim emerged on the bluegrass scene with his popular group Merle Monroe, and is now enjoying success with his new venture, the Tim Rabin Band, with hits like Hello Sunshine. And I'm leaving town tonight. Tim is my guest on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, Tim. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Well, thank you, Greg. It's great to be with you today.
2: Thanks for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, am I? Um, do I have a writer? Am I, am I speaking to you in uh, from Nashville or somewhere around there?
0: I am. Yes, I live in Nashville. I've been here about 30 years.
2: Okay, wow. Um, uh, that's not originally home, though, is that right? You, you grew up in Florida?
0: I did. I grew up in uh, a little town north of Orlando, a little town called Sanford, Florida. That's so where I was born and raised, uh, cent- Central Florida.
2: Okay, um, and if I if I got my notes right, you uh, got got involved in bluegrass pretty quick as a young young we boy did.
0: you know i have a I have a brother that is actually a lead singer with a country group shenandoah yeah uh he's been with them the whole time his name is marty and uh he and i and we had another brother rick uh unfortunately he passed away a couple of years ago and and our dad played fiddle in our band we had a bluegrass band back uh we probably started probably in the mid-70s, mm. and then it ended somewhere in the early 80s. Okay. That's the time that Marty left to come to Nashville. And then I went on to college and, uh, and then just kind of piddle around a little bit with music. Then I finally moved up here. Um, in uh, early 93, RCA Records was look at, looking at me as an artist, and so I moved up uh, to pursue that.
2: Okay. Did you continue playing music in college, well you know, I didn't.
0: Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't very good at college, so, <laughs> so I, I didn't <laughs> stay in very long. Uh, and, but now I can brag about that because all the great people like Steve Jobs and, you know, uh, people like him, you know, quit college early, too. So I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm like them, but there I, of course, I'm nothing <laughs> like them. But anyway, uh, no, I didn't. college really wasn't, wasn't for me. Um, but, you no, know, I grew up in the construction business with my dad. Okay. And, and then, of course, on the weekends, we would play music. Uh-huh. But then I just kind of pursued I got married, pursued, uh, uh, kind of got out of music for a while. And then, uh, you know, in the late 80s and early, early 90s, when the new country, the, well, the new country then, which sure. would be the 90s country now. Right. just kind of exploding. I just got the bug back again. And then I auditioned for a large nightclub there in Sanford, Florida called The Barn. Mm-hmm. And what's uh, iconic about the barn is that's where Garth Brooks started off his very first tour
1: mm.
0: was at the barn mm-hmm, in Santa cool. Florida yeah that fact on the second album he 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 uh, talks about the barn where he started his first tour okay you know anyway I was I was the lead singer there uh, until about 94 95 and uh, uh, maybe 94 and then I moved up here
2: was that a, and
0: I was going back and forth
2: in know. a house band
0: Yes, I was. We okay. were called the Barn Burners of all names. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Barn. We call the Barn Burners. You're right. But, uh, <laughs> but we had a. It, it a. It was a huge nightclub there, uh, probably the largest, probably in Florida, maybe the southeast. Wow. And and the gentleman that owned it, he had a lot of money, so he would bring in a lot of the top artists. I mean, Haggard would come. Jones came there. Tammy Wynette. Uh, uh, I mentioned garth uh and then everybody else
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that was anybody came to the barn and performed
2: and and that was uh country music right that you were performing it, it At was. That time? yeah okay
0: it was yeah okay
2: and you and and your brother marty got together did you play in Shenandoah, or did you guys play on the side after that
0: uh, i didn't but what here's what happened i was a i was just struggling i just rCA never signed me to it to a to a deal mm-hmm but I was a demo singer here, here in town. And uh, and then uh, the producer, Don Cook, who produced uh, Brooks and Dunn, The Mavericks, mm-hmm. uh, Wade Hayes, uh, Hobby 101, and Shenandoah at the time. He he knew that Marty at that time was probably looking for a change. And he had Marty talked in length about it. He said, listen, I would love to put a new duo together. Kind of like what we did with Kicks Brooks and Ronnie Dunn. Yeah, and he said, uh, "You think your brother would be up for it?" And I just flat out turned it down. I just thought, "I'm I'm not interested in that at all." Then a year later, Don Cook called me back. and says, "Hey, what's going on in your world?" And I said, "Absolutely nothing." He said, "You're ready to go to work?" And I said, "Yeah, I think I'm ready now." <laughs> and and what's uh, and the irony of that, Greg, is at that time Bob Carlisle. Yeah, had sure. Song "Butterfly Kisses" yeah. out on the adult contemporary, right? And the and the guy that heads up Universal Music out in California called Tony Brown up, who was who was the who was the uh, president of C, uh, CEO of of MCA, and then Bruce Hinton was the chairman. Uh, they called them up and said, "Listen, we need an artist at, at MCA, and we want Butterfly Kisses cut very soon." You know, George Strait was at MCA. He wouldn't do it. Vince Gill wouldn't do it. Uh, the Mavericks couldn't do it. Um, they had um, Tracy Bird. They didn't feel he could do it. Tony Brown told uh, uh, the, the gentleman at Universal, he says, well, we're getting ready to sign in the fall. Th- this was in late May. He said, but in the fall, we're getting ready to sign. Marty Raven with Shenandoah and his brother we are going to do a new duo called the Raven Brothers. He said, sign them this week. I want that song out before the end of the month. Hmm. Now, now, what's interesting about that, so we go in and we only cut Butterfly Kisses. That's the only song we cut. This is 1997. Uh, and at that time, digital radio was very new. Mm-hmm. Well, as as they were mixing it down... Um, the next day we cut it and the next day they're mixing it mastering it mixing it it. Um, Bruce Hinton walks in and says "Uh, Greg this was on Tuesday I will never forget this because we were all shocked even Tony Brown and Don Cook were shocked he said this will be at every radio station Thursday morning wow we thought how's that possible yeah he said we're going to satellite this song in to every radio station in America and the world Wow, and, it, and in three weeks we had a gold record.
2: Wow, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, did did you guys do more after that? Or did you put an album together as the Rainbow we, we
0: did, yeah. yeah. We we, uh, we had us uh, had a few more singles. As a matter of fact, we even we cut a single with Olivia Newton John. It was an old LeBlanc and Car song called "I'm Falling." Hmm. Uh, that, that they had out in the very early seventies, Lenny LeBlanc uh, had it, uh, with LeBoc and car. Yeah. And we, 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 recut it with Olivia, Duke, John, it actually did pretty well for us, but it wasn't, it wasn't a huge hit. And then soon after that, they dropped us from the label. We still haven't figured that out, but, but nonetheless, that happened. Then I decided to kind of get out of music. And that was in, uh, that was the beginning of 1998. Wow. Okay. Then in 2000, but in, but in 2000, Marty called me up and says, listen, I'm going to cut a bluegrass record. I said, great. That, that's where we cut our teeth on. Mm-hmm. Said I want you to come and sing background vocals on my on my record. So I did, and then again, Greg. It's kind of a funny thing. It just kind of got the bug again because I kind of quit playing music for yeah. a while, and yeah. then when the bluegrass when he cut the bluegrass record, uh, that kind of got the bug for bluegrass. Then and yeah. then just it I- just. Just kind of stuck to me
2: there. I, I remember that album because I remember thinking that guy's voice sounds really familiar yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and I hadn't put, I hadn't put two and two together yet to realize that you know and then I think if if it wasn't on the album I saw him and he covered one of the Shenandoah Tunes bluegrass style. And I uh-huh. thought, okay, yeah, that, next, to you, next to me. Yeah, that's it. Yep. And I thought that's, uh-huh. that's how I know that guy. voice. have yeah. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. So you, you, played with him for a while then.
0: Um, I did. I, I, I would just, I was just feeling for him cause I was a businessman now I'm a businessman in town. Mm-hmm. I was with a large real estate company here in town, um, for, for 21 years. And, uh, I was at early in my career. So I didn't want to let that go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Music is great. And I love it, but but it can be a bitter friend. It can bite you if you're not careful. Sure, so yeah. I just I just stuck with being a businessman. Then I would just help him out if he had an album. I would sing background vocal on it, or if his bass player was out, I would fill in for him. Or if his uh, fiddle player was out, I would fill in for him. Mm-hmm. But I never really was part of his band, mm-hmm. uh, full circle band.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But Marty and I are very very close and. And even to this day, we're just very, very close. And and he's actually cut a couple of my songs that I've written for him uh, for his solo project. He had a new record come out the middle part of last year, and I wrote two number one songs for him. And I was very – and he's hard to write for. Uh, People think he's a shoe in for me, and he's not. He is very. <laughs> i sent this guy probably 500 songs, and he's turned me down 498 times. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> he just, he just got the last two I sent him. But uh, he's tough. So
2: when did but, you get the but, songwriting book?
0: Yeah, so you know, so when I came to town back in the early 90s, uh, I signed with a publishing company. But you know how that goes; they, mm-hmm. they they'll sign a potential artist knowing they're not a great writer. Only because if they get a deal, they know they can put them in great writers and they could, you know, collaborate and all that kind of stuff. And then that'd be the publishing house way of making money. Mm -hmm. Well, they did that with me, but I I knew nothing about songwriting and I was horrible at it. I would sit there and watch people write a song. I thought, oh, that's how you do it. Okay. (laughs) And so I didn't do a whole lot of songwriting. uh, But in 2018, I started a band called Merle Monroe. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, so, and I had not written anything since the, since the the middle Mm nineties. And so, um, so I was, I I didn't really think about Roddy. So we had an album coming out in March of the following year. Now we're in November of 2018, but it won't be March until we have our album come out. And one of the guys in the band said, Hey, listen, why don't we cut a Christmas record and kind of introduce ourselves? And in that way, our first single that comes out, people kind of know who we are. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a brilliant idea. Mm -hmm. So he said, think about a classic, you know, Christmas song or heck, write one. Well, he was flippant. He didn't really mean that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I I like a challenge and thought, oh, okay." well. Well, over the next day or so, I wrote this song. And I sent it to the label head, Ethan Burkhart, who heads up. Pinecastle records yeah yeah and ethan said who wrote that i said i did he said you're kidding me i said no he said are you a writer i said well (laughs) i guess so (laughs) well if you qualify one song i guess yes i am i guess but uh but i said no i I think i just lucked up he goes well this is great it's not hokey uh yet traditional but not hokey Mm
1: -hmm.
0: he said "I, i think this is great that's a great idea Get it, masters. Send it to us, and we'll release it right at Christmas or right before Christmas. And so we did. Uh-huh. Well, we were not quite finished with the record. We were going to finish it in January, and February, and we come out with it March. And I wound up writing five songs on our first pro- on our uh, freshman uh, project, mm-hmm. and and it and they did very very well for us. Uh, and I am shocked. Anybody that knew me was shocked, but they never saw me as a songwriter. I never saw myself as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then on our our sophomore record, you know, that's always where the pressure is to right. follow up, right. follow that up. I probably wrote ten of the twelve songs on that record, and four of them were number one songs.
2: Is that the so one I was related? Is that what? Which one is the one that "Hello Sunshine" came off of?
0: Yeah that that song I wrote "Hello Sunshine." Yeah i wrote god still in control and then i wrote leaving town tonight um and then i uh well then we had goodbye marie that went number one for us that was a dennis lindy song
1: mm-hmm.
0: then we then we have one more song on there that i that i wrote that was number one i believe anyway th- that was a blowout record for us and that really introduced us matter of fact that got us so much exposure I got a letter from Merle Haggard's widow saying that we got to stop using the name Merle Monroe. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Or else? Wow. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, I didn't. I didn't really want my name out front. I never wanted the Tim Ray band. That's why I picked Merle Monroe. But Uh we didn't want to fight them. They they had probably had a right to make us change it. So we did. We were not trying to infringe upon Merle Haggard. We were trying to just mix country, a little bit of country with bluegrass, sure, and just yeah. kind of making a hybrid, somewhat like what the Osborne brothers did and many of the other artists have right, done right. throughout the years, right. Allison Krauss and you know some people like that. But anyway, but in January of 2021, then we changed it over to the Tim Raven Band. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've had four number ones off of my third project, which I'm very very proud of, and and I wrote all the songs on that record.
2: Wow, that's cool. So, what led you initially to to put the Merle Monroe band together after being more or less out of the music, or at least out of that that part of it for a
3: while?
0: Well, well, I knew that I was I, I knew that I was going to retire early, um, uh, and I, I and I wanted uh, and I was about a couple years away from retiring.
2: Uh, from your, yeah, I retired early. From your, from your career. From my business
0: mm-hmm. yeah, career, yes. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then I just wanted to kind of, you know, fiddle around with music. You know, mm-hmm. I just, it's something that I love doing, and I, and I kind of got the writing bug. And then, you know, the Vincent had cut one of my songs, Third Time Out has cut one of my songs, uh, Dave Atkins has cut one of my songs, I mentioned mm-hmm. Marty a minute ago, then I wrote a song for the Tennessee Bluegrass band called I'm Warming Up to an Old Flame, Mm. Uh, they cut it, and that did very, very well for them. That, that was a breakout song, mm. and then I have cool. a couple other songs in the pipeline with other artists now. So I kind of got the writing bug, yeah. And I just want to kind of do that for a while, yeah. And and then just kind of you know just create music, you know,
2: yeah, yeah. That, and that's awesome.
0: And, and so just you know, uh, so I've been loving it. I just been and, and I love and I love bluegrass. It, it's not the highest paying <laughs> music there is. <laughs> But there's a lot of you know gratification in it. Sure,
2: and, yeah and, and it's just the, the, the family the family aspect of it, the family feel that you get with with the band yes. and the interaction with the bands, with the fans and, and uh, all of that just it makes it, it makes it a really fun uh, genre of music to, to be around, whether you're a player or just a fan or have some other, some other uh, avenue that, that keeps you involved.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree.
2: So you you are now working on a new album, releasing singles or releasing singles, working on a new album. What's what's the?
0: Well, we have one more single left on this current record, and that will come out probably, I would think, sometime in June or July. And it's called "I Can Get Used to This." Uh, will be the uh, Will be the single coming out right now. Uh, can't get away from this broken heart. It's my current single, and. I think it may be uh right now my most charted song ever. Wow. That's it, awesome. It went number one. Well, it, it was, it went to number six and then it went to number one. Then it went back down to 13. Then went back to number one. Then it stayed at number two for two weeks and then went to number six. Then it went back to number four. And now I think it's at number five this week. Hmm. So, uh, it, it, it's a song that's going to, I believe, hang on for a while. You know, as as an artist and as publishing goes, uh, even though a song may no, nev- may never go number one, if it stays on the charts a very long time, you can profit very well off of it. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. this song is one of those songs. It's just hanging on, and I'm very grateful to all the DJs and people like you that that play my music, yeah. that kind of keep it out there. Um, like Hello Sunshine was number one for seven weeks yeah. in a row. And, and now leaving town tonight was number one for six weeks in a row, but then it was gone. Uh, and Hello Sunshine is the same way. Mm. You think, well, gosh, Tim, it's seven weeks, you know, but then it was gone. Mm-hmm. This one has been around longer, and, and it's just, and I think it has a lot more life left, it, left in it. Mm. And, nice. you, know, Gary, you know, Gary, really what you want is, you really want other bands picking up and start singing your your songs? Sure, yeah. It, that keeps the life of those songs forever.
2: Right, and what a compliment too. When oh, that...
0: it's the greatest compliment in the world, Greg. Yeah. Absolutely,
2: yeah, that's great. So the, these are from which album? Then what's the name of the album that these songs that you that you're talking about now are coming from?
0: Yes, yeah, called I Can Get Used to This. It's the current project I'm working on right now. That's
2: the album that's currently out that these singles are being released from.
0: That's correct. Yes. Uh
2: huh. And how how far ahead? So are, are you already thinking about the next project? Do you, do you? How I am. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thanks for mentioning. Matter of fact, uh, I'm not going to write so many for this next project. I will probably start this some sometime in the fall. Uh huh. But there's there's some songs that I've always wanted to sing, uh, and so I, I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to write some for it. But the, probably the majority of the songs will be cover songs.
1: Mm, okay.
0: Uh, I, I, I've always been a big Roger Miller fan. Uh, I mentioned Dennis Lindy a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Dennis Lindy, great writers. Uh, Don Gibson, uh, big fan of Don Don Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've always been a big Ronnie Millsap fan. Mm, so Mel some Street. good
2: old classic country.
0: Yeah, but, you know, kind of like Bob and Sonny did back in the 70s where they would take current country at that time and turn them into bluegrass. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know what's funny is like when we were growing up and we would hear their songs we thought they did it we didn't know that Mel Street did did that song <laughs> right song. right right yeah we didn't know that Merle Haggard did that song we thought the Osmond brothers did it
2: yeah
0: well uh, that's some of those type of songs that just will stand the test of time they'll always be great songs
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm gonna try to cover them and uh, see see how that see how that goes for me all right. and and, uh jim reeves i'm a huge jim reeves uh Hmm. guy too i I love his music um he he doesn't equate as well to bluegrass as as the other artists i mentioned Mm -hmm. but still some of his songs are very conducive to to bluegrass Mm -hmm. and 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 i picked a couple that i really want to do and uh now i'm really looking forward to getting started on it
2: that's great well you um Will you be out with the band this this summer,
0: fall? Not this year. Uh-huh. Uh, I've taken some time off this year. I had a little trouble with COVID. Uh, uh, I had some respiratory things going on mm. uh, where I would I was saying for about an hour, then I would start getting real hoarse. Now I have I have worked through that. I don't have those same side effects now. Mm-hmm. But I was scared to book anything like in the first part of the year for the summer because i was still going through that and i, I didn't want to book something to cancel it sure didn't want to do that yeah yeah so i'm more looking forward to 2024 and yeah. getting ramped up for 2024 i think i'm past that now
2: well you will certainly have lots of good music to take out on the road with you when you get there that's for sure
0: well thank you i, I appreciate that very much
2: well I appreciate you taking the time to tell me your story Tim. I I learned some things I didn't know and um and I uh, got to know the history behind uh what brought you here so far and and uh, man I wish you well with it. I'm I'm glad you're going to get back out on the road and and um looking forward to the new project you're getting ready to work on too. So I appreciate you taking well, thank- the time to talk to us today.
0: Well, thank you, Greg. It was, a, it, was a, it was a great honor and pleasure to speak with you, and I really appreciate you so much.
2: Hey, thank you. You're welcome, and uh, we'll, we'll hope to see you here out on the road soon.
0: You bet. Take care.
2: Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at
3: AmericanaRhythm.com.